0: With another episode of the Brown Water Banter podcast, my name is Jared Seymour. My name is Joey Cage. That's right, and uh, happy 2023 to everybody! It's the first episode of the new year. We hope everybody had a great uh, Christmas. Ho- yeah, Christmas, happy holidays, <laughs> uh, the whole nine, man, and stayed safe. We got a great show for you this evening. We have uh, Josh Barton in the sh- uh, in the studio this evening. Talking to us from uh, about the home of grace addiction recovery man so kind of a heavy topic to start out the year but uh, I think it's a good one and it deserves especially
1: around holiday time that's you know, exactly, exactly what I was thinking exactly when probably I mean this is the busy season yeah, unfortunately
0: right or when when problems arise right. or people become aware but we're gonna jump into all of that uh, here in just a minute but before we do we want to mention the sponsors the people who support us. I think you might know who I'm talking about. You know, New Year's resolutions are upon us, and uh, oral hygiene is very important. So maybe that could be uh, the top of your list here for for 2023. Keep your mouth clean, man. And when you're ready to do that, go check out (laughs) Southern Magnolia Smiles. Uh, They're on Facebook and Instagram, at Southern Magnolia Smiles. That's Dr. Robbie Williams right there and his staff. Uh, they're located in uh, Washington on Washington Avenue in Ocean Springs. So when you're looking to book an appointment, just give them a call at 228-215-1202 or check them out at southernmagnoliasmiles.com. Yep. We appreciate the support. Uh, Jesse Hill and his team are right here at HillTreeMarketing.com. If you need a website built for any reason, he can take care of you. Maybe you're a content creator. Maybe you're a small business. Jesse's a one-stop shop. This is him and his team right here of photographers, and videographers, IT. They handle it all. Uh, Just give him a call. or Actually, jump over to HillTreeMarketing.com is where he wants you to go. Check out some of the work that he's done. uh, See some of the websites that he's built. And when you're ready to uh, pull the trigger, tell him that the Brownwater Boys sent you. That's right. Next up is our buddy uh, Rocky over at Sea to Swamp. They are located on Goche Van Cleave uh, exit, yep. Goche Van Cleave Road. Just go south off the interstate. They're located on the left there. You can check them out on Facebook. They're Sea, the number two, and then Swamp. They've got all of your apparel, tackle, fishing, whatever, covered. Uh, we're showing some photos here. they got AFCO uh, fishing gear. They've got rods, reels, tackle. I don't think they do live bait, though. Uh, but they got all your yeah. artificials, uh, and they do rod and uh, real repair, which is legit. And Rocky does a great job. I've heard numerous people brag on his work so uh be sure to go check them out Cedar swamp yeah they got Brownwater hats over there too rocky
1: just called me today said he's needed some more so sweet we'll throw yeah. some more back so in we there.
0: yeah we appreciate everybody that's uh that's picking them up uh here locally let's go ahead and shout that out real quick i've been meaning to do that joey before we start the show if you want to buy our gear and you don't want to order it online you want to look at it in person touch it feel it wear it there's a couple shops that are supporting us as well yep. rocky at Cedar to
1: swamp is one yep you got nelson's outdoors uh, in and Pascagoula. Pascagoula we yeah. appreciate them um uh, Farlands yes and Gauchet. yep uh we got the uh, Islander yes. in downtown Ocean Springs And now we're back in uh, Parker's General Store on LeMoyne.
0: On LeMoyne Boulevard. So So any of those those places, you swing by, you can grab our gear, and we want to shout them out for uh, supporting the show. And bringing up the rear here is uh, Taylor & Cox Law Firm. If you find yourself in the situation where you need great representation, a good lawyer, they're local, they've been practicing law in Pascagoula for 30 years. Uh, give them a shout, uh, give them a call at two, two, eight, six, nine, six, zero, one, one, one. They specialize in criminal law, family law, and civil litigation defense. And we appreciate them, uh, looking to work with them all out throughout 2023. So, mm-hmm. oh man. So let's jump into it. Uh, uh, Josh, man, thanks for stopping by this evening and talking with us, uh, we should probably start out with today's a special day. What is an anniversary for Home and Grace, it is that is. right? It is
2: January 2nd, 1965 was the uh, first man entered the Home and Grace 58 years ago today. Wow.
0: Wow, I don't think that's uh, I what don't a think that's, planet. Yeah, I don't think that's a chance coincidence. <laughs> I'd like to take credit and say we knew about that and we're that's like good at scheduling, but we're not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it was coincidence, but uh let's start there. Uh 60 what you said 60 65. So in 1965 Home of Grace was founded right here in Van Cleve? Is that where it started? Right here in
2: Van Cleve, right where our current property sits. Okay.
0: And I think you said you knew the guy who did it?
2: I know him pretty well, (laughs) yeah. So my grandfather, yeah, he started it. Um, I'll give you a little backstory. He's got an amazing story in and of himself. Mm -hmm. Um, He was born with a cleft palate, cleft lip, no roof of his mouth. Mm -hmm. Uh, His mom had to keep him alive by dripping uh, milk down his throat. Yep. Wow. Uh, Can't suction with that. Yeah, Yeah, went through um, countless... Uh, adversities as a child. You know, nobody could understand him but his own mom. Yeah. Um, felt called to preach at the age of eight. Really? Nobody in the world could understand him but his own mom. <laughs> he said, he, he, said okay. he said, I'd preach to the chickens and the cows and the birds and everything else that would listen. But anyway, he, um, again, went through a lot of uh, challenges up to that point. Uh, always wore a ball cap covering his face because nobody could understand him. And mm-hmm. so that was kind of his buffer to the world. Um, I'm going to just fast forward a lot during, during that time, his dad developed an alcohol problem and, um, his dad was the kind that could go a month or two without drinking. But when he did drink, he drank the whole truck. Right? Yeah. yeah. And so <clears throat> that devastated my grandfather because he was close with his dad. Mm-hmm. And, um, it actually escalated to the point that, um, he felt that, his dad's alcohol problems was part of his fault as a kid because his dad had to work a lot of extra hours to pay for the surgeries for him Mm. and he felt like if i didn't have this ailment, my dad may not have an alcohol problem
1: so he blamed himself so he blamed himself
2: and got to the point where he actually prayed that god would take his life as a child if it meant his dad would stay clean right and so that's some of the seeds that started probably at a eight nine year old kid right um so, anyway, he, he, um, I could, there's a lot of stories I can oh, tell. Oh, yeah, about yeah, him, yeah, yeah. Really cool. <laughs> yeah. Fast forward, he ended up, uh, pastoring some churches. Uh, while he was pastoring churches, uh, after college, um, he started seeing these families where wife and kids were trying to make ends meet, husband was off drunk, and it broke his heart. Probably reminded him of his own childhood. Right, mm-hmm. right. And so, um, that's when he had, uh, the vision to start Home of Grace, and, uh, started sharing that somebody donated the original 10 acres of land somebody donated a, an old trailer and so on january 2nd what happened was these guys started calling my dad my grandfather and said um I, I need help and my grandfather said we're not ready we don't have power we don't have water and the guy said i have nowhere to go mm-hmm. he said come on so that's how the guy, that first guy entered january 2nd by the way our third guy he passed away just a few years ago pat sullivan from moss point he had been cleaned ninety. I mean, he'd been clean 50-something years. He was 92 years old. and uh, But he talked about, he said, when your grandfather brought us in, us old drunks and winos, he said he just loved on us, taught us to love the Lord and to love others. And he said, I've never gotten over that. Now that was 53 years later. Wow. That's pretty That's powerful. That's pretty awesome. Yeah.
1: So what do, you, what do you all consider yourself, a, a rehab, or what is it actually considered? Yes,
2: addiction recovery. Addiction rehab, rehab. okay.
1: But it's faith-based, faith correct, correct. faith-based.
2: Okay.
0: Yeah. You think about back like even nowadays like uh, mental health is becoming a bigger topic and people right. are putting more focus on it. Uh, but even today I don't feel like it's it's where it needs to be and treatment for that, you know, you think if you break an arm, you know how to right. go to the hospital, we fix the arm, you know, go about go on your way. When you talk about mental health, which this falls right. right in line with, right. it's not that simple. It's not that no. simple of a process and to think that your grandfather was thinking about that, I guess, because, like you said, it was hitting him personally yeah, and then in his immediate relate, you know, relationships in his life. Uh, in the '60s, to develop something like that, he was a bit, to me, ahead of his time, especially for around here, right? Right.
2: So the the first place in the country was a place called America's Keswick, started in the late um, of the early 1900s. Mm-hmm. Through that, a place in North Georgia was started called Victory Homes. My grandfather took two men down here. From his church that had alcohol problems to Victory Homes, fell in love with that place and and the guy said, "I'll help you get something started if you if you would like." And that's how. uh But there was only about three places in the entire country that was doing much of anything with that at that time. Wow.
1: Yeah. And it's it's it, and I know you mentioned men like a lot right. with drinking and stuff like that, but it does happen to women. Uh, yeah, we have a women's facility yeah. as well. So yeah. It, Gauch- it, yeah. yeah. I guess it's. I think it's harder for men to ask for help. Yeah, more than sure. it is for women you know what i'm saying it's harder for a right. man to say hey i have a problem i need help than i think a woman does right
2: i just think so i don't I, know i would
1: agree with that i mean
2: maybe, maybe that that is the case you know um oftentimes everybody realizes you've got a problem before you realize you have yeah, a problem right. e- yeah. on either either case and so um yeah but a man will often do everything he can and try to deny that it's a problem because you feel like I really can quit if I just really wanted to, hard right. enough, bad enough. I'm just going to work. My, you know, I can work hard enough getting back in my job. I'm going to do things right, and they'll fight it, fight it, fight it, fight it, fight it until all the wheels fall off right. for the most part.
0: Yeah. Do you notice that for those people that are going through that, it, that it's a cycle? It does it seem like uh, I'm, I'm sure it's yeah. all gambits of of addiction, but they do good they do bad they do good they do bad
2: well it there is there can be patterns some of them have a lot more patterns than others um some some people this sounds really strange but um when they actually start doing really really well it's like success scares them and they will self-sabotage self-sabotage others will, will do really well until adversities hits, they mm-hmm. go through a divorce or they start having mm-hmm. lose a job, uh, or yeah, like things that, like yeah. that. And it's like that that has been their coping me- mechanism. It's just what they're comfortable with. But having one doesn't work, you know. It's game on once they they start that. So, yeah. um but yeah, a lot of them just have a different pattern on how they they end up using. Right. Well, that's
0: what. Uh. So, so your grandpa starts it, then uh who's next in the lineage here to continue
2: it on so my dad was the director for many years as well um a little bit of a difference between my grandfather was very much a personality plus he would be right in this table I mean (laughs) cutting it up with you guys He, he he was an awesome uh communicator and loved to get the public involved with things my dad was not so much that but my dad was a lot more of a down and in person for the home of grace so He said, if we're going to be addiction recovery program, how can we be as successful as we can be? Mm -hmm. So he's the one that started. uh, He brought in individual counseling, group counseling, classroom instructions, workshops, created a medical uh, clinic. where We have volunteer doctors and nurses and nurse practitioners that help uh, oversee that. So. My dad was the nuts and bolts between really making the program uh, the success that it is today.
0: Did he? Did he know from an early age that he wanted to be a part of that?
2: Did uh, no? In fact, uh, he was working at Ingalls uh, putting guns on ships, and uh, at er, in his twenties, and they got laid off. And my grandfather hired him and some friends of his. Uh, at that time, we were going into uh, different areas and tear down old structures, bringing the materials out to the home of Grace. We'd build cottages and cabins and things like that Mm -hmm. with it. So he hired my dad and uh, some friends of his to come help do some of that work for him. I'll tell you one quick funny story about that. So my grandfather had a house in Pascagoula that had been donated, and he sent my dad and his uh, best friend Mike over to tear this house down. And so they had the entire roof tore off of this house. My grandfather pulls up and he says, You are you guys are at the wrong house. No <laughs> way. Were they really at the wrong <laughs> house? No, or, absolutely. No. At the wrong house. I thought he, he was tore just some somebody's normal. roof oh, off. Wow. But, uh, obviously, it was a house that nobody was living in. Right. And, and my grandfather actually went and talked to that landowner and they donat- donated that house, too. Oh, okay, it's a win oh yeah. yeah. It's a win, but win. Was That could have been bad. It was a Maylocks moment for a moment. Oh, for yes.
0: yes. Yeah, a, <laughs> yeah, that could have been bad. That could have been bad. So, Pucker, a little Pucker. No. Yeah.
2: So, my you know, my dad did not have intentions necessarily growing up to go work at Home of Grace. But once he got involved, even from that level, and you start hanging out with the guys or the girls that are in the program, you get to meet some of the most uh, genuine dynamite individuals because you're meeting them clean and sober. And so a lot of times you're seeing, you know, this is this guy is unbelievably personality plus gifted. Yep. I don't have a clue why his wife won't have anything to do with him or his kids don't want to have it because you didn't see the destruction yeah. that he left it's, three months ago dr jackal Hyde. Right. Yeah. yeah so uh you know you you start seeing the transformations taking place with people and my dad fell in love with it from that point forward
0: all right and then so then you fall right in line right out of the gate knew you wanted to do it too. no i really right.
2: didn't um it was that was nothing that was really pushed uh with my parents it wasn't pushed or or uh discouraged but I went to Mississippi College, got my degree from Mississippi College, graduated, didn't want to go work directly for my dad right out of school. So I went and worked uh, for the unemployment office, as a matter of fact. I worked there for a couple of years, violent, helping people file unemployment claims and that type of thing. What was your degree? What was your degree in? Business administration. Okay. Okay. And so, yeah, later on I had an opportunity to go start working at the Home of Grace as uh business developments that we were building, uh, small cabins, uh, or cottages that we were selling. We were building picnic tables. We we're doing different things to try to generate revenue for the home of grace is how I started 20 years ago. Yeah. That, that's what
0: I was going to ask. Cause you mentioned that your grandpa, your great grandpa, no, your your grandfather. grandpa was the the communicator, but your dad was like the nuts and bolts right. guy. How are we going to make this work? Is it since the beginning? Is it, was it affiliated with a church that your grandfather was running how how do you make a business out of it? Where do the funds come from? Gotcha. That's that's yeah. a big question when you talk about stuff like this. Correct.
2: So it's not affiliated with my church with a church. My grandfather was a Baptist pastor, but he created Home of Grace as a non denominational uh organization because, you know, our our um, staff members come from a lot of different denominations. Mm-hmm. The guys, the clients that come in from all so it's not established with a single um, or a, a certain denomination. Yeah, it's just faith. It's just yeah. faith. But okay. it's, a, it's a nonprofit organization. So half of our revenue comes in for, through donations. Okay. The other half comes in through our program fee. So our our cost for someone to go through our program is a little over $7,000 per person is what it cost us. Okay. We charge $3,500 or half of that to cover the entire three months. And then we have to raise about $3,500 per person to break even. Mm-hmm. And so, and if you compare that to uh, for profit addiction recovery programs, they're normally $700 to $900 per day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so you're, you know, that's a and we're basically we're thirty three dollars a day yeah. versus right. seven hundred to nine hundred dollars. And, and
0: I'm assuming insurance doesn't cover hardly any of this, right? No,
2: I mean if we went the insurance route, our cost would go up substantially. So Staffing, the, there's there's a lot of changes uh, that would have to take place. Um, and part of it has more to do with the faith based side of things. So so as far mm-hmm. as um, can't have religion in it. Well, there's certain aspects yeah. of that that would be. Uh, that would be compromised, I guess you could yeah. say. Right.
0: You mean to tell me that the government affiliation would mess something up? <laughs> <If they laughs> well, I mean, you good? brought up mental I health. I don't understand. You brought
1: up mental health earlier, and, um, you know, a lot of insurance companies have stopped uh, covering mental health drugs. You know what I'm saying? Uh, well, it's man. weird. It doesn't make any
0: sense. The bottom line profit. I mean, that's, that's right. You know, it's, healthcare is nothing but getting more expensive, even for the stuff that we need. Right. No works. Uh, that's a whole other topic we can get into. Well, but well,
1: donations—that's that's the reason why I asked Jerry when we came in. Um, I asked if Home of Grace is like the same little white boxes that we see everywhere that we donate stuff to, right. and that's part of y'all, but it's not correct. Great. So yeah.
2: yeah, America's Thrift Store, uh, Thrift Store is a partner partnering organization that um, they have probably twenty something stores nationwide. So the Ocean Springs store and now the Gulfport store, uh Bluxy store are the two that sponsor Home of Grace. So all the uh, clothing and items that go into those uh, those stores, they they are able to collect it all, process it, put it on the shelf, sell it, and then the Home of Grace gets a portion uh, of that funds, and that's a big help to Home of Grace. Grace. Right. We don't have to do it. We used to have our own thrift stores years back in, in Moss Point, we get probably twice as much money through them, and we don't have to touch anything. Mm-hmm. We can focus on the men and women that come to us, so it's been a lot better yeah. relationship. And I know y'all
1: got one in DeIraville. There's drop-offs everywhere, right? Oh,
2: yeah, they have drop-offs all the way from Louisiana to all over the place. But, really? yeah, but the two stores are uh, Biloxi and Ocean Springs.
0: What, is it, what does it look like from your perspective when, when you get a new what, – what do you call them? Patients? Client. Client. Okay, when a new client comes in, is it – I'm sure it's a lot of things, but what would you say is like a most common? Is it family members are reaching out? Is it a group effort? Is it single individuals right. coming in and say, "Hey, man, I don't know where else to go." What what is does the typical client situation look like?
2: Well, it's a it's a pretty uh, even mix. Okay, you've got uh, moms and da- or parents that are contacting, just wanting to get some information for for their kid. Uh, sometimes that can be to the point where it's almost like a parent-ordered kid, like you're going. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes it's just a, um, a kid that wants help, but then the parents are doing the research for them. Which I'm sure
0: is a hard step. Absolutely. Yeah. You know what I mean? To make that first call because th- that makes it real. Absolutely. Right. Now we're really reaching out for help. Like, oh, man. you got to admit it first. Yeah, exactly. This right. ain't just, you know, little Tommy likes to party a little bit, right. and he's still young, and he's going to grow out of it. It's like now you've admitted yeah. it, right? right.
2: Absolutely. And you have some that come because uh, their employer says, you know, you need to get help. I'm right. willing to give you another chance if you go get help. So that happens sometimes.
1: <coughs> Excuse me. Yeah,
2: you just got
0: to cough it too. Yeah. Yeah, we've, <laughs> that's the only thing so far we've learned yeah. about these headsets. You got to maybe pull it down yeah. and yeah. cough. But uh, otherwise, we, we really dig them.
2: Well, um, so yeah, uh, the individuals that uh, contact themselves. Um, and then sometimes uh, we have judges uh, like from the legal system court appointed yeah they do a really good job of they understand the home of grace is for those that won't help we have no gates no fences if you don't want to go be here you know go on we've got 100 plus that won't help so but the judges will help see something in somebody and like look you know you've not been a violent offender Mm -hmm. you want i want to get you some help and so they they send people to the home of grace too or they reach out on, on their behalf
0: okay well, what is it what does it look like for them when they walk through the
1: yeah doors? what's step one yeah, well, we, what's, do we, we talk to the counselors sure. we yeah so paperwork stuff like yeah, that yeah but
0: so I mean
2: at the very beginning they'd be uh over the phone more with our admissions uh, counselor that's going through all the paperwork just making sure that they're a good fit for us and we're a good fit for them meaning they're mentally stable they're not suicidal right uh, they're detoxed before they come in or at oh, least, okay. or at least um somewhat <laughs> mo- mostly I mean yeah we want them to be de- detox so they can when they get there they can get right into classes and counseling and that type of thing and I mean they still have especially if they're coming off alcohol or mm-hmm. opiates they're going to have some uncomfortable nights yeah. and yeah that type of thing so um and that's but that's understood if they're if they're sober enough that they can get things started but so admissions goes through all of that stuff helps them with their packets and make sure they know what to bring but when they when they come into the program, they would meet with the um, the intake group. And so the really cool aspect of this is we have an intake staff person, but he has some guys that are actually further along in the program that come in there and they assist them. And, man, it's just a nice, warm, and welcoming uh, situation. You know,
1: especially – Kind of like a big brother, big it sister is, kind of it thing. It is.
2: You know, the, the parents really – I hear so often that the parents just have a peace when they get there. They mm-hmm. just feel comfortable with leaving their loved one there and just the presence of the guys being so warm and welcoming. Now it could be a mixed bag for the for the client that's coming in. He could be really ready and want to be there, or he could just be there like white knuckling, yep. don't want to be here. I'm not changing anyway. I'm just coming to shut them up, you know. Right. So in my rope, yeah, and, and he's trying to read all these people. Are they full of it? Are they really nice and helpful? But mm-hmm. so they go through getting them in and kind of go process all their stuff, making sure they're not trying to slip something in and all that stuff. They'll put them in a room. And so uh, they'll they usually have one, two or three other roommates depending on uh, the cottage that they're in. Mm -hmm. And so they'll get to kind of hang out, meet the guys out there. There's usually a group of men in the program that sort of do this on their own, but they, Self, like welcoming committee, they'll start going out and just making sure the guy's comfortable. Man, if you need anything, look, toothbrush, toothpaste, they got extra, whatever stuff you need, I bring. And so they do a really good job of creating a a solid brotherhood among that group. Right. And so they'll start getting them prepared for that. Then for that first few days, there'll be an orientation, an orientation of just kind of walk them through what's the next three months going to look like. And so that's how how. They start getting acclimated at the very beginning. Yeah,
1: is that usually what the three months is how it's broke down, or how many? What do y'all do?
2: Yeah, so our main core program is a three month program, and so um, within that program, every week they have uh, at our men's campus we have a larger group than our women's campus, so we actually break our classes and stuff in, up into halves. So because um, we have a one hundred twenty bed campus. We'll take half of our clients and we'll put them in class in the morning, and the other half are on work detail that day. Now, work detail for us is very minor. They might be helping doing lawn care, they might be helping assist our kitchen staff, they might be helping, uh, you know, just doing basic little things around the campus. But during their two-hour work detail, they're pulled out of that individually for their individual counseling sessions that week. So, and then so that that first group, the first six weeks. Of clients are in that first uh, in class in the morning and the second six weeks for work detail after lunch they flip-flop and so that next group goes out and they do work detail and the other group goes to um, class and again they're pulled out for individual counseling and that type of thing now we also try to work with them for the work program even though they don't do much work a lot has changed in the addiction recovery world since we started in the 60s. Mm-hmm. So the the average person that came in the early years was probably 55-plus years old. Alcohol was the primary addiction. Yeah, yeah. So now our average age is 31, but we're taking in a lot of 18, 19, 21-year-old kids. on Been on substance stuff since they were 8, 9, 12. You 8, know. 9, I thought you were going to say like 12, 14, maybe. I could tell you a maybe. lot of stories of... Parents shooting their own kids up. It's, it's horrible. What? Yeah, it's it's a really it's it's very sad. This,
0: and, and 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 reiterate, this is local. You're not taking people from out
2: Well ma- ma- well, regional. Yeah, for the most we had um we can get into it later on. We yeah. we replicated Home and Grace in Kokomo, Indiana, um this past year and they've sent probably two hundred plus people from Kokomo an hour north of Indianapolis mm-hmm. over the last three years. But, yeah, for the most part, our footprint is between Lake Charles, Louisiana, okay. Pensacola, and, uh, you know, we have hot pockets of, like, Birmingham. Jackson. Uh, well, we don't get a lot from Jackson. We get some from Jackson, but there's a lot from Corinth, Mississippi, just south of Memphis. Um, there's areas that we've had alumni that have done really well, have, have uh, done marketing media – not marketing but their story mm-hmm. has gotten out that johnny uh, got help. yeah where did yeah, johnny so, get held right, let's go right. where johnny went and yeah. then and then churches will have them speak and say man where did you know yeah we'd like to hear your story and then when they do that so we you know that's kind of where the home of grace gets a lot of our uh our clients from just where alumni has done well as I think about that's it from the, yeah. the fishing community, though, Lake Charles oh, to yeah. Pensacola.
0: That's our turf right here <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. on yeah. the Gulf we're, Coast, we're, right? We're, uh-huh. But uh, that, that's terrible. So so let's go back to that, though. In the beginning, uh, late, late 50s, mainly alcohol to now.
2: so yeah, I so was going to
0: ask that. What drug do you see most well, common? But I'm sure it's across the board. It is
2: meth and heroin, have, of course, the last few years. But where I was going back to that beginning of that, so the work program now. Mm-hmm. So we have so many guys now in the early – years the 50 plus crowd they all had a trade they were brick masons <laughs> right. plumbers whatever so now you've got a 25 28 year old kid that's never worked he's been on drugs or doing something crazy since he was 14 15 years old and so you know not only are you helping them get clean and sober but now they've got to learn and we're not trying to teach them a trade but we're just trying to teach them work ethic. like just show yeah. up at work on time follow instructions a great about attitude Joey, all
1: the time the shipyard and chevron what i guess it's Ingalls or Huntington, right. whatever He teaches it is now. trade school. Yeah, I teach trade school now, and the, and the guys like you don't have to. They don't have to know a trade. I need him to show up with a heartbeat, show up on time, and be clean on a drug test. That's right. the only two things I need them to do, and I can train the rest. Right, that's all they, they, they need to and do. And they can't find people and they can't find people well, to yeah, do it. So
0: you're you're seeing what happens after Joey when they fall through the cracks, right. so to speak, or yeah. keep doing and what they they're, they're doing. And they
1: go through mine, and then I'll put my name on them. They go out to the shipyard, and what, what happened with that job? Man, well, I failed a drug test. What? Right, I mean, come on, man, yeah, <laughs> can't hold yeah. your hand forever, you You're know what I'm right. saying, and then they have to find something they have to do something out so, there,
0: so where do you where were you going with that? You' all have to well, you have to just instill that into these guys well,
2: absolutely, I mean, just we started with ingles uh years back with wanting to do some welding training and some different things with our guys and and they told us exactly what you just said. Look, we'll teach them the trade. Everything mm-hmm. they need to do. They know. said if, exactly what I said earlier. If they can show up at work on time, follow instructions, work with a great attitude. So we try to take it to a different level, you know, us being a faith-based program. We, we teach them work as if, you know, you're working to the Lord, not into others, doing the right thing when nobody's watching. You right, know, right. So that's your character. That's who you are. And so that's the things that, you know, that we help them in their program is helping them understand their purpose that because just getting clean and sober even so what if you just get clean and sober but you're not you don't have peace and joy in your life and right. so if you've got if you understand your purpose then you're going to get up every day with an excitement to make a difference and so um that's you know kind of in the area of uh their work that's what they we would teach them yeah. for that now not,
1: do, y- do y'all have a place that reaches out to y'all once you get people sober do you have a place that takes those guys or girls for in work, for work you talk work yeah
2: well some, we get a lot of people into Ingles. Yeah. Um so I guess we have some relationships with that, uh, and it, a lot of our clients, um some of them do need work, and then some of them still have a job waiting on them when they get back home. Right. It's a pretty mixed bag, and then some of them, you might have someone that's been in the medical profession for a while that has to completely take a, a different course because of, you know. What happened. What happened, Great.
0: We got a, uh, let me click back here. First, I want to say, uh, hey to David in the comments, uh, Ainsworth for reaching out, talking to us, and uh, setting us up. Uh, we appreciate that. But we got a guy in the comments. Uh, David said, if you know anyone struggling or need help, please reach out. Uh, uh Jason Jones puts it out here. He said he needs it bad, but they don't do blue cross. Yeah. Jason, uh, thanks for sharing that with us, man. And, uh, you know, what would you what would you say to him?
2: Well, we do have some other places that I'd be happy to refer him. Yeah. Uh, we have a place – there's a place in uh, Louisiana called Woodlake. They take a lot of people, great organization. Um, they take Blue Cross. Uh, I know the owner quite well. In fact, the guys that does all their intake over there is Home and Grace alumni. guys who graduated our mm, program sweet. helps do that. And so um, that would be one source. Um, and in, in fact, if he wants to even call our admissions team tomorrow, we can help walk him through finding a place for him that will fit.
0: Well, there you go, Jason. Uh, yeah. Don't man, you reached out on Facebook. You put it out there in the comments, man. So kudos to you for that. Uh, send him a message. Yeah. Send him a message. They can point you in the right direction, man. It's, it's yeah.
1: Wh- Do you, and speaking of financial, because I'm sure it's right. a big, it's a financial thing. You you got to take a hiatus from your job. Yeah. For someone, right. and then you got to come up with half. Right. i'm sure you have pay- plan payment plans y'all work out or how does that work well
2: no we ended up having to just do it all up front we, okay. we did payment plans in the past and like went bankrupt uh um, <laughs> okay. so so it just didn't work out so yeah we have to unfortunately you have, have to, to protect it. the business yeah, mean, yeah
0: yeah, if you're not it's like uh putting your oxygen on first before you help somebody correct. else right correct, if you, correct. If y'all aren't there then you can't help the people who can that's exactly who can right. pay so um yeah that that kind of took me back. I hope Jason reach out to a man send, send him a, uh, a message and, and get in there yeah uh what was we saying right before that though I was I had a follow up on what we were talking about
1: Word
0: yeah angles th- that yes, thank you. so what I was going to say is I kind of have a theory on this and it's I'm sure not anything new, but correct me see if I'm in the right uh ballpark here is that addiction, whatever it is, whether it's drugs alcohol I mean it's all you know not good it's the symptom. Right? It, it's usually something else going on. And you kind of mentioned it, I think, especially with the generation coming up now. Um, it's different than it was 20, 30, 40 years ago where guys were working. You know, you, some didn't even graduate high school. They got right to work. Or if they did graduate, they usually were married, had families right out of the gate, went to work 12 uh, hours and came home and drank yeah, beer. And, and had a trade sleep, and yeah, had right. uh, the ability to be self sustainable and had pride in, right. in what they did. You mentioned people nowadays that kids that are 28 some, sometimes years old that don't have a trade, that don't have any way to to, to to be self-sufficient in the world. Do you see that as like the reason that some of these guys are dealing with that? For it has to
2: start somewhere yes. is what I'm trying to say. Well, a couple things. One, yes, For I had to, um, a good friend of mine had to preach his son's funeral um, not too long ago because of similar situation came up with a very successful family and never really had to work and was able right. to kind of just play a long time until it's, it, you Silver know. Silver Spoons. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, that that does happen a lot and or kids get, you know, just on a path. And they so they become a grown, uh, they become an adult child. Right. And they've never learned to work. And they don't really have any, they don't realize they don't have any self-esteem, but they don't because they would feel like if mom and dad cut me off today, I'm going to starve to death because I don't know how to survive. Right. So that is an aspect. Now, there's a lot of others, though, that, um, well, for one, alcohol and drugs are different for everybody. So, in other words, some people can drink and never really have an issue. Some people, one or two, and it's like, it's, it's like mm-hmm. COVID. It's like it's going to kill somebody. Yeah. Yeah, somebody else is like it yep. wasn't a big deal. Right. And so um, there's been a lot of people that, you know, came from great families, had great work ethic. You know, all all those types of things, but either they got a, um, addicted to pain pills because of kidney stones. We mm-hmm. had a guy, a pastor that came through our, our place that uh, liked to lost a lot because of...
1: Um, well, the opioid addiction is huge, right. gigantic now.
2: So, I mean, it could just be a car accident and you get on prescription pills and it takes you down a path you never intended to go. It could be that pure or, you know, right. or, or experimenting as a teenager and it end up... You know, so there's right. a lot of
0: different ways to get there. Yeah, the psychology behind it. Everybody's, yeah. everybody's different. Mm-hmm. You know, Some people are more strong-willed. Some people are less. Some people, like you said, uh, be doing good for a right. while or, or never have had a drug problem and all of a sudden, bam. Well, you see a
1: lot of injuries, right. like you were talking about, like somebody gets hurt at work or they get in a wreck or something like yeah, that. But and I, I, all I, d- I don't
0: know the exact statistic, but I, I feel like I remember, because we deal with this in surgery. They have right. this like big push for non-opioid drugs. Uh, uh, plans of care and anesthesia, try to reduce, reduce, okay. reduce. But I, I don't think it's a significant amount of the population that becomes addicted just per a surgical intervention or, or in the hospital. Now, long-term chronic pain okay. issues, probably yeah. different. Right? You know but, what I
2: mean? So, yeah, a lot, a lot of them though. Um, it doesn't take that long. If when my wife had her major back surgery and the, and the doctor, we got to be good friends with, uh, we mentioned some of that earlier. Yeah. Uh, Now, she was in the worst kind of pain you can imagine when your spinal cord is being absolutely crushed, so every uh, nerve from your belly button to the end of your toes are lit up like a Christmas tree. She had had kidney stones and handled that well. This was crippling her. Mm -hmm. So I knew this was a bad situation. Anyway, after her surgery, they gave her two bottles of Dilaudid. Mm -hmm. So she had had um, what they call the hospital heroin for Mm -hmm. none. But anyway, so after she had been on that for for some time until she had the surgery we got back home 10 days later you know they had just given her that and you know you read the bottle you carry it as prescribed 10 days later she starts getting all achy and fidgety and says, i need my medicine and I said, Haley, I think you're dealing with withdrawals. And she said, Josh, I just had major surgery. Mm-hmm. I said, I know. Does your back hurt? She said, Not really. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I said, yeah. I said, yeah. uh, I said, I'm telling you, dealing dealing with. I said, because she was getting. I said, watch, yeah. take this, and all that's going to quit. And she took it, she, and she said, flush them yeah so I, so I see that's the will, yeah
0: right She would yeah, say no, 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 no. but or, yeah. had
2: had she not had me, yeah, she true. would have been probably taking them for the next 30 days, yeah, or however long and but, then trying to
1: get more and more. Well, and more. she, yeah.
2: I don't know how that story would have led right. Yeah. I'm just right. saying it was ten days in. She was taking them as prescribed. and then of course, anybody that's really seen a detox, half her body freezing, half her body sweating, throwing up diarrhea, all yeah. everything for the next seven to ten days, just absolutely crazy. I've been doing it at the home of grace my whole life. That's the first time I've seen it in my home. Right, yeah, right. Watching someone really go through that. But all I'm just saying is a lot of times somebody could just have a normal surgery. And I think that that's one reason that, um, you know, they have put an emphasis on it because I think some people, it affects some people differently. Mm-hmm. You know, I had to have lower tab when I had my time, all yeah, this stuff. Yeah, yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. Didn't have no problems at all with me. Just took it as prescribed quit when I start, stop having issues. But, um, yeah, it it certainly affects people differently. There's yeah. a uh,
0: I was looking it up a minute ago when you were talking. If you saw me typing over here, uh, he's been on uh, Rogan's podcast. There's a professor out of Columbia. Uh, his name's Carl Carl Hart, and he's actually a pro drug uh, professor of psychology and uh, is in favor of decriminalization, I believe, if I remember correctly. But he does heroin right. heroin regularly, and it's just is like, hey. I don't. I'm not addicted to it. I've never right. been. He's a high functioning individual, right? Uh, and it's it's really weird to listen to him talk too. You talk about the the uh, the uh, gamut of different type of people yeah. and how they handle things. The right. spectrum is what I was looking for. Uh, it, it is different across the board. I don't know that that would work for everybody. Right. Uh, <laughs> Probably not. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> yeah. I don't want to test that theory right. myself yeah. personally. Uh, but it seems to be that he's not having. And, and maybe he has a life event one day down the road and.
2: Well, it derails ma- him or maybe, not. Maybe yeah, maybe or maybe not. Same with alcohol, like I said. Yeah. You know, some some people it bites like a serpent, mm-hmm. and some people you never you never have an issue. And you were talking about will, willpower, strong will. Right. So I some of the guys that's been through the home of grace have been some of the strongest willed, toughest men I've ever known in my entire life. And in fact, one of them I'm gonna describe he's the best construction worker I've ever seen and I've seen a lot of um, the common denominator of people you work with a lot of times in addiction are some of the best in their field car salesmen painters whatever they do they're some of the best and so I've worked with a lot and this guy is the top Mm -hmm. I've ever seen and just hard-working driven like you could not imagine and so crack cocaine like to have taken him out on multiple occasions but where I'm going with this, even when he would have six, seven, eight months clean sometimes, mm-hmm. he would be driving back to Alabama, a direction where he lived, and there'd be certain exits where he had bought it in the past. Yeah. And he said, when I got to that exit, I would have to fight with everything I had. And he said, I'd be singing to the top of my lungs and fighting the steer wheel, fighting the steer wheel. And as soon as I got past it, it would release. Yeah. And and he would talk to, he stole his son's uh, Christmas gun one year and sold it for crack. And somebody was asking, said, why would you steal your son's Christmas gift? He said, what would you do for your next breath of air? Yeah. That's how bad I needed it at that moment. Yeah. And for someone like him, who I would say is a lot stronger, tougher than I am mentally in a lot of ways, it helped me to see a different view of how it's like somebody holding your head underwater and you got to breathe. And that's kind of where they're at with Uh, it at times. Do
0: you have, do you know a Gregory Miller? I do. Uh Oh, hold on. We got a little internet glitch here. We're going to. We're going to pause for just a second. It's, it does this sometimes. Uh, the audio will still be good. He's, he's the There's. one that
2: helps a lot of guys get into Ingles. Okay. okay.
0: He said, I'm going to flash it on the screen. He said he has a $500 voucher for anyone who is willing to go to the home of Grace. He graduated 11 years ago and uses the tools uh, he was taught every day. So, awesome. So, uh, Gregory, that's there it pretty, pretty stand-up, sir. We appreciate that. And, uh, man, I don't know. That's, that's really weird. cool. Yeah, Jason shared some more stuff in the comments, so I, I won't read it out. But, uh Man, there you go. That's five hundred dollars towards it, Jason. If you're willing to, to do it, man.
1: So where's your women? Is your women's campus? It's in Gos-
2: close to Hickory Hills.
1: Okay.
0: So they're out there golfing.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: There you go. That'd be pretty sweet. Uh, huh? uh
0: you, you talk about about will, uh power, and I guess the, you know, it has the ability to take that away from people at times, I guess, right? And especially when they're in the middle of it. the the the, the part that's kind of hard to understand. <clears throat> It's not when you're in in the middle of all that stuff, because that makes sense, right? right? He needed another fix if he's right. jonesing for it, right? But it's when they're doing good. I, I remember uh, seeing an interview, I think it was Robin Williams, talked about he had been sober from drugs and alcohol for like some crazy number, like eight, nine years. And he went into a I think it was a convenience store or something, somewhere, bought something and it was the airplane bottle, I remember that, of Jack Daniels. <clears throat> sober nine years. Mm-hmm. And it was like, it hit him. He was like, I'll just... Just one, it's not going to be that big a deal. Nine years, and I'm like, listen to stories. Like it's been nine years. Why would you? Yeah, mess it up. He said one airplane size uh, thing of Jack Daniels. He said, three days later, I blacked out for three days. Woke up three days later off of a you know alcohol drug bender, Mm -hmm. and I'm like, that's
1: just a little taste. That's crazy. Yeah,
0: I I, I hate it for people. Like how how does how does that happen? You know,
2: Uh, (laughs) genetics is I think has a big part of some of that. and so um yeah my grandfather had a guy went to the, uh, that he got to be close with an alumni and they went out to eat one time and uh with with some other people that was there and somebody offered him a drink and he said i don't have the time for it and they said what do you mean he said i don't have the time that it's good that he said in other words if i take that drink for the <laughs> next three months i'm gonna be AWOL. oh man and so at least uh, he knew yeah he yeah he absolutely knew but um yeah it affects everybody different and some people uh, Todd Trenchard, uh, his story has been shared a lot on the Gulf coast. He went through our program. Um, he's been through 42 different drug treatment programs nationally. He's now, uh, the president of the Baco McCarty yeah, foundation. Yeah, yeah, anyway, yeah. he says the first time he ever took a drink, he said, I could feel it running through my veins and I knew I was wired a little bit different than everybody really? else. Really? And so from, and it became game on for him. And, and uh, he went through million his dad was very wealthy. His dad passed away. He inherited all that money as an early kid. Gave it all back. And and so yeah, it became game on. God and uh, Well he's so. doing good now. He's doing excellent yeah. now. Excellent yeah.
1: now. Yeah, he's got his own show. Well, he's yeah. got all kinds of stuff, man. Good for cool. him. Yeah.
0: What is uh you mentioned uh your degree, business administration. What what is your role like daily at, at Home and Grace now? at the
2: facility so i am executive director so uh call i say chief plumber but (laughs) so we have we have about 40 something staff members between the men's campus and the women's campus and hundreds of volunteers um so very blessed to have a a solid team around me a lot of what i'm uh, working on is as vision focus uh future so we have We've already purchased about 75 acres where we're going to build a brand new state-of-the-art women's facility in Van Cleve. It's about seven miles from our men's campus, private rooms, private bathrooms. We still have a, almost all the funding we, we'll have to raise for that, but we have the architects, uh, Roy Anderson's group's helping us with that. Uh, so they're they're finishing up the plans for that now. And so that's one aspect of it. Um, I mentioned, we talked a little bit beforehand, but Uh, replicating Home of Grace. So we're free consultants, but we're helping uh, Valley of Grace in Kokomo, Indiana get Mm -hmm. established. They just opened a 12-man facility up there. So I I feel like there's such a need for what we do felt years back that I really wanted to be able to replicate and help other people do uh, similar things that we're doing. And so we started putting our operation manual together in a way that we could replicate, even though it scared me to death because I felt like I can't keep up with what I've got. But Mm -hmm. right. But there's such a need that I wanted to teach and show others how to do that. So that's part part of what I've been involved with is is uh, sharing working with other organizations because when there's organizations that are doing what I say the right thing for the right reasons, they're trying to do it right, then we can all learn from each other. They're doing things better than us in some ways. We're doing better things th- and so we can all swap, yeah, we can all learn because this is life and death. right. In the last two to three years, you know, as you've seen the opioid crisis, We've been doing this 58 years. I've seen more deaths in the last two to three years than probably the entire 50-something years before that in overdoses. And so, Are
0: are you talking about people that had been through your program at one time or another, or are you just talking about nationally? I'm
2: talking about people that had been through our program. Okay. I'm saying in the past, someone goes through our program, sometimes they might stay clean six months, eight months, nine months, and they have a bump in the road. Let's just say alcohol was a problem. They might have a bump in the road, and they decide I'm going to, go straight to a support group or i'm going to surround myself because i don't want to go back down that journey or you know whatever drug or, or alcohol problem that they have they might have a slip up but they can get back on track with heroin uh and never knowing if it's fentanyl was mixed in it or not yeah. they might yeah. be clean yeah. six seven eight months the next batch they get they don't or the first time they decide to relapse either their body has lost the tolerance that it had built up for one mm-hmm. or it has a different substance that they, that they used you, before. You can't
0: you don't know potency. There's no way to know. Right. There's so no way to Now
1: fentanyl, your might be your last batch. Yeah. It,
0: and and I give that to people every single day. Yeah. Right. Every day I'm at work. But right. I know exactly how much is in my right. syringe. It's pharmaceutical grade. Right. Yeah. In a controlled environment. It's a whole yeah. different ball. I couldn't imagine just injecting myself Guessing. or watching somebody else. Yeah, get exactly. Because yeah. I know what it does. I mean I've seen I see it every single and day. And also
2: for someone that's using it for for that purpose they're trying to redline it. They're trying to push it as far as Correct. they can Correct. to get the biggest the high. high. Yeah. With, but they don't want to black out because then they've wasted it. Correct. So they're they're trying to Tip-toe. redline. It. So they're having to kind of do a small test sometimes, and then it's you know, and it's sick because they have such a um, an addiction to it. No other way to say it that they'll actually, if someone overdoses and dies, someone will actually grab what's left yeah, out of their pocket and go that. try it somewhere else because they have that that of a pull of uh, that strong of a pull for for it
0: yeah that's, we've had um a cut. Co- we've had two different people the ceo and angela angela mallet and i can't remember his name the ceo of uh, end it for good are you yes. familiar oh, with yeah you? okay I love so Andrew's. we've had both of them on the show. i know angela yeah, outside yeah. of all that's great person um but they they do a lot of cool stuff and i went to one of their seminars right. and uh got to talk at the end everybody in the crowd got to speak and you know i i wanted to reiterate to people i was like you see it on like television the news every night fentanyl and how evil it is and i and i told those people all sitting in that right. in that thing i'm like you know fentanyl's just like a hammer right you, you can you could build something totally with it, or yeah. you can bash somebody's exactly head in right. for what i do every day it's a miracle drug like right. you, you definitely want me to have that or some version of, of an opioid right absolutely because you need it you know and i, I know i have a very uh, narrow uh, perspective on that because of what i do for a living but it, it I, I wanted to i brought that up to say that understand that it's it's a tool and the problem is the, is the person and what yeah. they're going through. Absolutely. So it's not like it's a monster out there. Absolutely. It's just destroying lives because of what it can do.
2: Absolutely. It's it's a miracle tool for those that need it. Correct. When, you know, I've been, like I said before, I've been doing this my whole life pretty much. I, I grew up at the Home of Grace as a small child, been around addiction my whole life. When well, my wife had that tumor and we ended up with this uh, unbelievable neurosurgeon in D.C., he had two years worth of just the worst case. Patients, patients that had botched surgeries yeah. all over the place—they were just horrible shape. I was able to see the real need for all these opiates that I'd been trying to help people get off of for, on that other side, and my wife needed them during that season as well. There's n- when you just need a—you've uh you've got to have reliefs in some way, shape, you have or to. form. Yeah, yeah, it and would so, be. Tylenol wouldn't help it. No, no. <laughs> no. it ain't come, <laughs> no, no. gonna cut it. No. So yeah, that was very eye-opening to me. I mean, I really understood them a lot better from that from having to go through it with my wife.
0: No. Is it a constant like uh I don't know if struggles is the right word but like managing helping people and a business at the same time that the business is helping people. Uh you mentioned uh donations, you mentioned volunteer work. Uh you mentioned that the the client pays about half of what the total cost would right. be. Is there do y'all still have ways of raising revenue while inside while the while the person is there like you mentioned building tables do y'all sell things that kind of mutually beneficial gives them something to do be proud of and help cover costs
2: we don't do that any longer um we uh those things never really became that profitable for uh, us because you, would, have yeah. turn, sense, you have such a you have know? such a turnover of guys in the program the first 30 days they're not even seeing straight right, by the time they're right. ready to leave you know so right
1: it's <laughs> trying to build no picnic right, right, right.
2: <laughs> it's a lot easier to just to hire people if you were to do a business like that hire people that that's all they do and not having to retrain every 30 correct, days correct but um so the um, – my brain just went mm-hmm. – what was the – It happens to me all working, the time. Working, juggling, and juggling, stuff. And stuff. Yeah. helping also, people
0: yeah. in a business though, the so, business
2: side of it. Yeah, so um, the, I have to spend more of my time on the business side at mm-hmm. this season than I do in the program side. Now, I did get involved with – I wrote a new curriculum last year that really involved helping people in – um seven different areas of their life mental Mm -hmm. physical spiritual financial relational um i'll butcher the other two but (laughs) so i was involved with that aspect of uh of the program but especially into the year like the last couple months it's really you bring most of your donations in in november december for what you're going to have for the the whole year so i've got to be a lot more out and about networking and speaking with our donors especially those that uh if they're going to give a significant gift to the home of grace to help us either build something or fix something or buy a 15 passenger van or whatever it is, then I need to go and share them, share with them specifically about what we're trying to accomplish. So I've got to do that a good bit. Um, And then, uh, yeah, just watching the numbers, you're, you're trying to take a penny and stretch it a mile long because you know that our goal, you know, you're trying to help as many people as you possibly can and also, be the most successful addiction recovery program you possibly can be. And those are two things that fight against each other because, you know, if I took all of our resources and helped 10 people a year versus 500 people a year, you know, there's, a, you could give those people a lot of attention and focus and long term stuff. So we're trying to juggle both of those being as successful as we can and yet help as many people as yeah. we can.
0: How, how, how do you define success?
2: Well, the way that we've, de- We have about seven different areas that we, a lot of different areas that we measure that. But one year, we were trying to measure one year of clean sobriety as far as from a sobriety standpoint Mm -hmm. um, is what we consider successful. Um, Now, there's a lot of things that whether they're for us getting involved in a church, finding a support group, whether they've got uh, gainful employment. Um, So there's several different measurements that we do. um, uh, we have about a seventy percent graduation rate. So of those that enter our program, about seventy percent of those graduate. We have about forty to fifty people a year that get their GED while they're in our program. That's cool. yeah. So there's a lot of mile markers that we um that we cover, but um you know and even from a success standpoint there's a lot of individuals that go through the program and they get the seeds and they stay clean for three four months they have a bump in the road but Mm -hmm. they get back on track um i I would consider those individuals successful as well but for the most part when we're you know there's a lot of different metrics that we measure 12 months sobriety is really what we're shooting for there you go and
1: i'm sure y'all have counselors and stuff like y'all just don't kick them out the door and say (laughs) Happy right. graduation, right? If they uh, have people that you can call, correct. And-, and so, and
2: for when someone graduates our program, their counselors have already worked through with them an action plan. Their okay. action plans uh, helps them define where they're going to be going to live, uh, what they're going to be doing work wise, what their accountability person's going to be, where their support group is. So they have a full action plan. Right. Whenever they leave our program,
0: yeah. That's I was gonna. Add, that's a great question because uh, you mentioned like whatever the number, three months, six months, uh, bump on the road, right. You, if you think about it, like, like at first it's like, okay, well, then $3,500 you get in, then it happens again six months later, $3,500 again. Yeah. It could add up really right. quick. But y'all are training these guys and girls, at, is if I'm hearing this correctly, like, if they do have a bump, they should have, like you said, a, a field manual. A team, yes. Right, yes. To, to go, hey, I just screwed up. This right. is not right. And then not have to Step run two. straight back yeah. to y'all. They Correct. ought to have a little bit of body armor, right, or something, right?
2: Absolutely. And And, um, you know, so if if they – go out and they have a bump in the road, but they already have a solid support system around them. They shouldn't have to come back and go all the way back through the program. Now, we actually just recently launched, again, a 30-day, but it's specifically more for those that either their job won't let them leave more than 30 days, so everything's still kind of intact, but 30 days is about as long as they can break away. But also for alumni, let's say someone goes out there and they do have a bump in the road the wheels haven't totally fallen right, off, but I right. just need a safe place for thirty days yeah. to kind of get my uh, feedback under me. Yeah. yeah. So, um, but yeah, if 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 we're doing our job really well, you know, then hopefully they they're able to keep things together and not ever have to come back. To do business.
0: do they? Is there a way for them, graduates of the program, to when they have that situation, like like a uh, a bat phone to call you and y'all right. can kind of now you know what you need to do. You need to do this. Yeah. This this, right. this is there is there they, that.
2: Yes, they are always uh, able to call back and talk to their uh, their counselor. One of the the uh, wonderful things is the alumni group. They they become like a family. When someone goes through our program, they become like a real family. We have monthly alumni nights. We have annual homecoming. We have hundreds of alumni that come back in from all over the country. That's cool. Yeah, and yeah. Um, so they they network with each other very very well. They have we have alumni Facebook pages specifically, not just the big the big page, there's actually, uh, for people that are listening, uh, there are pages specifically for families of the addict. So a lot of times, if you've got a son that needs help, but he doesn't want help, and you're trying to figure out, you know, how do I help him without hurting, and all those types of things, a lot of times they can get on those forms, and they can ask questions. And, you know, that's very helpful when you can say, should I do this for my son, and you get fourteen answers. Yeah, and well, this and, worked, and this twelve of yeah. them say the same thing. It's probably yep helps right you, right. helps you to understand. Yeah, you talk
0: it. about like what your situation with your wife. You know, a lot of people when they get a, a devastating diagnosis, that's what they do. They go and get on chat rooms or forums. Yeah. This is that's no what different. saved it's my no wife's different.
2: life. Yeah. I would not have found that doctor and all those journeys except for through Facebook forums. And yeah. then that's when when I came back is when we started doing forums specifically for. Family works.
0: where 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 is that is that that uh page is uh, your main page is home of grace what are those forum pages are they
2: i know it's home of grace uh is it all facebook uh, it's all facebook okay uh, related well, stuff. Wait, i can look it up later yeah.
0: and drop it in there but i'm sure just type in home of grace home of grace yeah. family and yeah, you the can
1: families of the, the attic or something right. like i saw that. y'all on the news the other day w are y'all doing outreach to like young kids Are y'all doing some stuff like that um i can't remember it was like a barbecue or something like that could I have been cook off i, I, I don't, don't remember i don't I what remember what uh, are y'all doing any outreach y'all go to schools or anything like that a
2: lot of times we do so yeah we we get invited to go speak at different churches or civic groups a lot of times civic groups invite us and i bring some of the alumni or the clients in the program and they share and uh that's always really good that people a lot of times if if they haven't really been, uh. In addiction, in the world, I mean, it affects every family. But if right. you, if it hasn't really been that close to you, they think of someone in in addiction. They think of the 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 guy on the side of the street, the drug addict, whatever. The bridge, nah, yeah. And when you go in there and you got a clean cut, thirty one year old kid that's been on heroin for the last whatever, and you're like, man, that looks like my son or my brother. Yeah. And they and you know, it's a college graduate, very well spoken, and so it it really helps to for people to have a, a different perspective. Sure. Of, of what addiction looks like
0: what what type of uh what type of staff do you have on on hand at the at the things uh at your uh, property there what how what are you running these clients through right so i don't think people see the treatment side of things right, like, right, what, right. what do we do to treat this right, yeah, right.
2: Like, so mention counselors correct so we have um walking through a lot of different aspects we have uh devotion stuff we have different teachers that come out and do devotion stuff with the guys during the day we have a lot of classes whether it's Uh, biblical classes or relapse prevention classes or fatherhood classes uh, financial classes so there's a lot of classroom aspects so we have teachers that do that specifically we have about eight full-time counselors between the men's campus and the women's campus Uh, we have on duty staff those guys are like the brothers of the men they go out there and they kind of Hang out with them. You know they they do you know make sure the guys stay within boundaries and all the rules stuff. But they're more of a brotherhood. They go out there and they have a really good time uh, with the guys as well. Uh, we have our admissions team. So if a mom or dad or someone's calling to get someone in. They're talking with our admissions team. Uh-huh. Um, we have our uh, financial CFO, bookkeeper, uh, marketing, fundraising groups, um, and then of course very similar things at our women's campus counselors and uh, administrative staff and that type of thing over there as well.
0: Uh, family visitation, I'm yeah. sure, Yes, times, especially with the mothers, right?
2: Yes, we do. And, um, in fact, a little shout-out to Lemon Molar Insurance. They, for the last several years, have done a big Christmas party where they, co- they used to have a really nice Christmas party for their own staff, steaks, really yeah. nice stuff. They decided to forego that and use all those resources. And so they put on this big – family Christmas party for our clients and their families and kids and they get to come all in and it's all catered and they have Santa Claus there and they have Sweet. gifts for the kids and they have Damn. recreational stuff and so man to see those kids and moms and wives and come in there and just light up probably hadn't had a good happy Christmas probably a in while. a few years yeah. Yeah. and so uh, you know we're, we're able to do that for Christmas but yeah every month they have um, a visitation family visitation as well and we also have a counselor that does uh, marriage counseling. So sometimes it's virtual if they're from Lake Charles or right. you know Memphis or something. But uh, a lot of times the spouse comes in and he does marriage counseling with those individuals as well.
0: So the full the full gambit, yeah, of full the, thing. The now, I mean,
1: they still have phone access and stuff. Like, so they're talking to their kids and, and stuff like that every night. How do y'all, how does that work?
2: They have phone. They don't have their phone, but right. they, Yeah, they're they're allowed to have uh, weekly phone calls okay. with their family right. and that type of thing. And sometimes I think they even have an iPad, something they can use. Face for time, FaceTime. Stuff. Stuff. Yeah. yeah, well, That's good,
0: man. What, uh, what's coming up for 23, anything on the horizon that you can talk about or <coughs> doing anything different or doubling down on what you knows works?
2: Well, um, a couple things. Some of this has not really even been uh, talked out very well, much yet. Hot, hot off the press. Off the press. But that's what we love here. Yeah. Exclusives. So, um, well, I'll start by the some of the stuff I mentioned earlier. So the new, the new women's campus yeah. uh, property that we have uh, probably March is when all of those plans will be completed. Um, that's probably going to be a 5 to $7 million uh, uh, building uh, thing that we'll be launching. And I've got some supporters that's going to be helping us with the first parts of that getting going. So I'm very excited about that. Um, I mentioned the 30-day program stuff that Mm -hmm. we've been going. But the the thing that we're uh, looking at launching this upcoming year is doing some um, outpatient counseling centers. So there's so many uh, individuals that maybe can't take three months to come to the home of grace. They're at the beginning of that journey. Uh, So we want to be there for them. Also, there's so many families that are affected by the addiction. I mean, so, you know, they, they say it's a family problem you know so everybody's right. having to deal with it so you got moms and dads and brothers and sisters that need to have somebody they can talk to even kids of parents that have problems so we want to be a resource to help uh, those individuals as well but also the, the beauty of that is when someone graduates the home of grace if they need continuing care they can start going to a counselor once they get out you know whether it's weekly or monthly or whatever and just kind of have uh touch up stuff so that's something that we're hoping to do Uh, This upcoming year, and um, we uh, exciting. Like I said earlier, Valley of Grace, Kokomo, Indiana, started their twelve bed twelve bed facility uh, this past year, and so um,
1: a lot of outreach uh, stuff.
2: It's it's been exciting to see someone take. And I will tell you one little quick story on that. It's really awesome. There's a short video I can actually show. We can uh, put on that for later on. It's Joey's story. The guy that started. Valley of Grace. Mm -hmm. So he was driving down the road, hallucinating on drugs, thought the police were after him. He got so paranoid he thought they were about to open his car that he actually took a knife to his throat and jumped out of the car while it's going down the road.
1: Jesus. His
2: His wife got a phone call in the middle of the night that he was at the ER, and she found out about Home of Grace, don't even know how. He came to the Home of Grace, did really well, went back about a year later, He's walking into his living room, and uh, his wife said, you're not going to believe this, but last night I had a dream you are running an addiction recovery program. He said, you're not going to believe this, but I've been praying about that for about two months, but I didn't want to tell you. <laughs> so he, wow. he contacts me and says, what do you think about this? And I said, well, I feel I've feel i been feeling led to prepare for replication. I said, oh, it scares me to death, yeah, but I'll volunteer and help you any way I can. If, if this is something you're really interested in. So he started sharing that with his community. It took off like wildfire. Indianapolis Press picked up a story. They sent over 200 people through the Home of Grace because of his story. Now, those 200 alumni are his network of volunteers and helpers up there yeah. that has it's put his pr- army. So now, yeah, they've. They've done a phenomenal job. But yeah, that video shows his story and it is very well done. We can drop
0: a link yeah, to Yeah, we'll it in put the a comment. link in, yeah, in the comments really cool. later on for sure. Well, it sounds like you got a lot going on for 23. So uh, we wish you the best, man. And Absolutely. We, uh, we appreciate you stopping by here this evening and talking to us. If there's any anything we can ever do uh, to help y'all out or be a part of anything or promote anything that
1: you're doing, we'd love to be a part yeah. of that as well. If, we, so, that, if you want to donate to Homes of Grace, where, where's the best way to do that? Yeah. The
2: website, homeofgrace.org, whether they want help or want to. Want to help either way, yep. homograce.org can get them to that that's, right place. That's well, good,
0: we, yeah. Because if they're out there, we had somebody, like I said, already chime in on yeah, the comments. Hopefully he, listen, yeah, hopefully he does it. Yeah. If you're listening to this and you can't uh, on the replay or whatever, uh, homograce.org. Yeah, or like,
1: send us a message and we can get you yeah, over that and we'll way. we'll refer you yeah. over
0: there. Don't don't uh, don't just sit nah, back play and with and, it. and not get help, right? right? It's it's life or death like you mentioned. So, we appreciate it, man. Thank Absolutely. you all for having me. Thank you. Absolutely. Very Absolutely. Grateful. And thanks everybody for tuning in, watching. Yep. Uh we got a lot of stuff planned ourselves uh for 2023. And uh, well, I lost We got to get here. another
1: one of those trophies. You didn't even show the trophy. Bro. I didn't show the trophy. Let's show the trophy <laughs> real quick. We will show the trophy.
0: We <laughs> want to thank WXXV. Start yeah. that camera straight across, right there. Yeah.
1: Uh, there you go. Thank we, uh, you. And the viewers, yeah, for voting you. this uh,
0: best podcast. So, yeah. uh, man, it means it was a lot. only like
1: three votes <laughs> no, to it was, win it. It was more than that.
0: But uh, we really do appreciate it. And uh, like I said, 23 is going to be cool. Joey and I, we ain't, we ain't stopping. Uh, just going to double down. Make sure you download the app. Uh, the Brownwater Banter app. It's uh, it's free in the uh, App Store and Google Play. We're gonna be doing a lot of cool stuff through there. So absolutely, uh, we'll see y'all on the next one. Thank you. Thanks so much for checking out the podcast. We really appreciate it. We're excited to announce that we just launched our very own brownwater banter app. That's right. It's free to download in the app store or on Google Play. Whether you're an iPhone user or an Android user, it doesn't matter. It's free. Download it now. Stay connected with the brownwater universe. Inside the app, we have links to the tails and scales login, the marine forecast from NOAA, tides and currents, radar, a list of all the bait shops here on the Gulf Coast. Everything you could need for a day out on the water having fun. We've also got all the Brownwater social links right inside the app, connections to our merch shop, and if that wasn't enough, we've also built inside of it a country radio station. That's right, so you can listen on the go. I'm sure it'll evolve over time. Right now we're calling it Brownwater Radio Music for the Outdoors. So download it now, check it out, and we hope you dig it.
1: Water band.